Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is a sad day in college football. Mike Leach, innovator, pirate, lover of cargo shorts, has passed at age 61. And we're going to do a show about Mike Leach. And, and uh, a lot of us have had a lot of interactions with Mike Leach over the years and, and, and know him fairly well. I mean, uh, Bruce Feldman helped write his book. I've done a lot of stuff with him over the years. I don't think he'd want us to be sad about this. So I've got David Ubb in here. I've got Ari Wasserman in here. We're going to celebrate Mike Leach because we were talking before the show started and we were just trading Mike Leach anecdotes. And this is a guy who lived the life that pretty much everybody would have wanted to live because he just kind of went and he, he saw something he wanted to do. He just go do it. Like we, we were talking about, he, he went to law school, got a law degree, but decided he wanted to be a football coach. And, and then, He's, he's the head coach at Texas Tech, and he wants to do the weather on TV. So he asks a, a TV weather guy, can, can I do the weather for you one day? And they say, yeah. He winds up in, in an episode of Friday Night Lights telling Coach Taylor to, to swing his sword. Like, it, it's amazing what you can do when you're just like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I think, Andy, um, I, I think the biggest lesson – you know, before we get into the, the, the funny stuff and the, the stuff that made him so beloved, is a lot of people believed, either silently or loudly told Mike Leach, that, that he could not do what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people hated the air raid. Yeah. especially you throw Co- too much. You go for it on fourth down too much. Your, <laughs> lot, your line splits are too wide. Exactly. All those things. It's soft. It can't work at major levels. Maybe you can do this at D3 or high school, but it's not going to work in college. And he, he kept going. He kept rising. He did it anyway, and, and he did it his way, and, and he never compromised who he wanted to be. I think you see a lot of assistants when they become head coaches. Sometimes they change their personality. They get guarded. They get super serious because they think they have to be Nick Saban because that's how you win, and that's what a, that's what a head coach sounds like. He didn't pretend. He was himself, and, and Andy, I think as we remember him and, and think about him, I think that's a lesson that he taught us without even knowing he was teaching it to us, that I think we can all apply to our lives moving forward. And so uh, my hat is off, and it is a pirate hat. Uh, I, I tip my cap to, to you know, as you put it, one of one, a legend uh, in sport and in life and in, in, uh, in everything he did. You know, the one thing that I wanted to, to say before we get into the, the stuff that made Mike Leach um, is, who he is is, Think about how many people have wanted to coach football or have coached football or how many resources go into the sport itself. And I think that there's a large, you know, faction of people who probably only know Mike Leach for, you know, the funny sound clips. But like to actually change something. Right. To do something. Everyone views something. Yes. Yes. Like it's not just a football thing. It's the, you know, imagine changing journalism or changing television or any of the major things that people consume on a day-to-day basis. And like, you have to be a profoundly smart driven and gifted individual to do those things. So, you know, for as eccentric as, as Leach was and all the things that he did. And, you know, I, I mentioned on the, on the show with you the other day that, you know, I thought it was hilarious that he followed a raccoon into the woods because he wanted to see where the raccoon was going. Like, you know, like that, that, like those are the types of things that I think stick out to people when they think of him. Um, but I also want people who, as we go into this episode to realize that you don't 
do what he did and accomplish what he did in this field, even more so than the wins and losses at places that are hard to win at and change the entire industry without being a profoundly gifted individual. So I just wanted to give him his due for that. Yeah. And that's what I don't, I think a lot of people kind of misunderstand a lot of the stuff he did. Now he was legitimately interested in all those things he talked about and he, his opinions about whatever it was like barbecue or, or cargo shorts or candy or whatever it was, he actually held those opinions and he believed in very strongly, but he also was as serious about football as these other coaches are. And I think a lot of the, the, what he would do, the wacky stuff was to kind of mask that and, and make people think, Oh, he's not that serious. And also, so we, he didn't have to give away too much. You know, we ask Nick Saban a bunch of questions about his team. Who's this guy going to play? Is this guy, you know, Mike Leach could get you off track. And you forget to ask that stuff. And so he never have to give anything away. Extremely smart. Uh, and you see that a lot. And I, and I think, too, you know, people talk about the, the coaching tree aspect of it. And I think um, that's a big part of it. You know, I think, you know, you look at Dana. I was talking to somebody this morning. Dana Holgerson was like a son to him. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's, his influence is, is everywhere. And I think when he arrived on the scene, it was him and Hal Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And now you have, you know, obviously, you know, Sonny Cumbie's a head coach who obviously was around. You know, Dana Holgerson, we know Lincoln Riley is probably doing it better than anybody else has done it. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's a head coach in the NFL. Yes. Uh, Neil Brown in the mix. Dave Aranda. Uh, you know, Seth Luttrell was just fired, but he was obviously part of the, the coaching tree. Josh Heupel had touched her. Sonny Dykes is in the playoff. Yeah. He's one of the sons of the air raid. Oh, and well, I did. Are- I did a thing in, in Sports Illustrated a few years ago. Remember, Graham Harrell got hired at USC as the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I, this was when Leach was at Washington State. I knew he was. He, he wanted to get into the SEC or the Big Ten, and then at a big quote unquote bigger school. And I, I thought it was funny because everybody was trying to get a version of Mike Leach, and then and I so I had these. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was handsome Mike Leach. Uh, Seth Luttrell was jacked Mike Leach. Uh, Graham Harrell was hot young Mike Leach. Uh, Dana Holgerson was visored Mike Leach. But actual Mike Leach was what everybody wanted. But they, just, but both schools were afraid to hire actual Mike Leach. Like Mike Leach showed up to Maryland for an interview. This was after he got fired at Texas Tech and, and before he got hired at Washington State. Shows up to Maryland for an interview wearing flip-flops. And they're like, we can't hire a coach who shows up to an interview wearing flip-flops. So they hired Randy Edsel. How'd that work out? I think I, I actually remember um, at Texas Tech, I remember at Big 12 Media Days in 2010, um, I to some Texas Tech people and their fans, it was the year after he got hired, they hired Tommy Tuberville. And everybody was very happy because Mike would show up to Big 12 Media Days in wrinkled khakis, and a polo shirt that was probably not tucked in most of the time, probably had plenty of wrinkles as well. And Tommy Tuberville and his players showed up in their three-piece suits with the the, the double T lapel, looking very fancy. Uh, I, I, I I I wonder if they would would like that back. I think the the the, the Mike Leach style seemed to seemed to work on the field a well, little bit the, better, even yeah, if you wanted the, to pretend the, or something the pissing, else. The pissing match that got him fired at, at Texas Tech, and the, the Adam James stuff was just sort of a, a a means to an end for for Kent Hance to get rid of him. Yes, but 
the the pissing match that got him fired at Texas Tech was incredibly stupid, especially looking back at how college football has evolved since then. Like that would not happen now. And the, Texas Tech, the, the chancellor would have been record. run off before he was. Yes. And take, let's not let's not look overlook the fact that the, the program has been worse off since they yeah. let Mike Leach go. Yeah. It, but it, it is amazing. And I remember, so I I went down the year he was between jobs this is after after he's fired from texas tech before he gets hired at washington state he's doing shows for sirius xm he's living at his key west house and so i go down to key west and i spent i spent an entire night with mike leach in key west which was spectacular we start out we go to this this marina on stock island where basically there's all these kind of cargo containers and people just live there they live there and they tie their boats up and leach just goes there to eat and he goes, basically, I like to eavesdrop. He, he just wants to know, what are these people's lives? Like, what are they doing here? Because everybody's got a story and everybody's, from, you know, running from somewhere or doing something. And, you know, I, I met some of his buddies and one of his buddies is this guy who he worked down. He lived and worked down in Key West. I, I won't give away too much because I think it's probably probably bad. But uh, he <laughs> basically every story started out with she and her boyfriend were fighting. And ended with him like climbing out a window and running somewhere. So like these are the people he's hanging out with in Key West. And he, we, we finished dinner and he goes, okay, I need you to drive to this spot. And so we drive to a, a place that is kind of between Stock Island and, and Key West. And there's a green fence, like a tall green fence, probably seven, seven or so feet high. And he's like, just park in the grass and come over here. And he jumps up on the fence and he looks over it and he's like, get up here. And so I you know, run up there and, and jump up on the fence and look over. And it is a basically a graveyard of all of the different watercraft is probably too strong a word. Things that people have floated on from Cuba to to the mainland trying to get out of Cuba. And he's fascinated by this because of the history of it, because of the bravery it takes to do something like that, because not one of these things looks seaworthy. And we're talking about 90 miles of floating. And he's like, look at all those idiots running to go take a picture in front of the southernmost point buoy. This should be a museum right here. And that's the sort of thing that he was always thinking about. Now, later that night, we go to, you know, Captain Tony's and, and Sloppy Joe's. And uh, he's, he's explaining that they found, you know, a bunch of, I think Sloppy Joe's is where they found a bunch of bones under the under the floor when they were putting in a pool room because the it used to be the morgue in Key West and they made a skeleton out of them and uh it, it, and you know he points out Jimmy Buffett's studio he apparently drank one night with uh if, if there are any parrot heads out there if you know the song Gypsies in the Palace the real life people who inspired Snake and his buddy who were house sitting in Gypsies in the Palace he he drank with them which sounds like the greatest night of anybody's life and uh it is just he just was one of those guys that was genuinely curious and wanted to know more about everybody like this guy this guy comes up recognizes him and he's like he's like yeah my girlfriend's a lawyer and this is when leach is in the middle of suing texas tech and espn and, and everybody's like oh i got some people to sue for you but he's, he's just and then he spends like <laughs> 20 minutes asking the right questions <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Andy, you hit on it, and I think uh, it's a little unfair because I think that that ethos was was hijacked by a certain um, Apple Plus character. 
but being curious and not being judgmental, I think is a, is an idea that um, we can all live by and be better off by, because I think that's a big thing that, that's, that defined Mike Leach in a lot of ways. Well, I think people are afraid to be you, curious. That you bring up Ted Lasso because as a coach, Mike Leach was the anti-Ted Lasso. He was yes. a, he was a big, like, you got to be tough. You got to do this. And, and then, yeah. there were disagreements with like, there were players that just did not like his coaching style. And and I get it. You know, we, we saw it last week with, with Dylan Johnson's yeah. transfer portal announcement. And he said, because Leach says I'm not very tough. And, and people are like, well, got to hear both sides. And then the next morning, somebody posts on Twitter, the audio of Mike, uh, Mike Leach saying, I don't think he's very tough. Like, he, he, that's, that's how he was. So you kind of had to take it or leave it. But we got, we got a callback to the, the, uh, the fat little girlfriends reference that we got, what, 12 oh, years ago. But he Ari, dropped another one this week. About Ari, I, I don't know if he's listening to the pod or not. I, I never talked to him about the pod, but uh, <laughs> he did bring up fish sandwiches in the in the second Fat Little Girlfriends yeah. rant. Ari, I think did you feel did you feel seen? Yeah, yeah. I'm the fat girlfriend in the in the fish sandwich one. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that is like so fascinating to me too. It's just like everybody like watches the videos and sees him talking about getting married and you know all that stuff. It's like dude was a hard ass too. Oh yeah, like, well, I, mean, like I, I was laughing because that night in Key West, we're like with we're using salt shakers. We're talking about football and and because I was fascinated by his line splits, like his offensive linemen were basically like three yards apart. And I said, why hasn't ever anybody ever just taken out their defensive linemen and put eleven DBs on the field against you and sacked your quarterback every play? <laughs> He's like, because I just run on you, and I'm like, yeah, but would you? <laughs> it would hurt his soul to do that Andy, he, <laughs> i think he i think he might uh if it came down to it <laughs> yeah he, he it was it was amazing how he thought about that stuff and you know when we say we're we're not we're not exaggerating when we say his influence is basically every non-triple option team at every level of football has been influenced by mike because because everybody has some version of y stick or mesh in their off and look everybody has run some of these concepts before but the way mike leach ran them was adopted almost universally across football mm -hmm. and i think um you know it, it was pretty funny for so long andy you know we talked about at this top of the show you, you, know, you can't do this in the sec you can't do this in the sec i will never forget him tormenting bo pelini <laughs> In 2020, Bopelini's still trying to play man against that defense, against that offense. <laughs> no one has ever been meshed to death more, like uh, more fully than Bopelini in LSU's first game, coming off of the national championship game. Uh, that PJ was PJ Costello uh, threw for 600 yards. That was, I mean, that uh, this is when when Mike Leach was on top of you and, and had the better of you. It was, uh, it was a sight to see. And I, I, I covered, um, I'm trying to remember. Yes. I, I covered the, uh, uh, Oklahoma's trip out there in, in 2009. Yeah. The last time that the last year that he coached and they beat a, not a very good Oklahoma team, but still had Oklahoma team with a lot of high hopes. Oh yeah. Like, like 41 to 10. It was bad. They retired. They, they Oklahoma had some special jerseys for that game, and they ended up never letting them see the light of day ever again. They were bad jerseys, to be fair. But whatever, 
every now and then they'd have a game against a really good team. And I think for a long time, Mike Leach in the Big 12, he was the only guy who could consistently beat Oklahoma and Texas. Like, Oklahoma and Texas would torment teams, and he was such a thorn in their side. And when he got on top of teams, it at, the air raid looked like the most unstoppable offense in the history of college football if you could not stop it. And that every now and then we get those games, and they were uh, a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, we need to see. Now, the next evolution of that will be whatever, whichever one of his the coaches from his tree figures out how to beat the Nick Saban, Kirby Smart defense with yes. the air raid because that's been the kryptonite. And but I think between you know if Lincoln Riley gets USC to playoff level, Josh Heupel if he keeps doing what he's doing at Tennessee, we're gonna now Josh Heupel's got the Baylor offense in there too, so it's it's not it's not air raid purely, mm-hmm. but but it here's the thing: if Mike Leach doesn't succeed with the air raid, Art Bryles doesn't get hired as the head coach at Houston to do the, to, to bring the veer and shoot into the mainstream. So I think, Ari, you hit on it. I just think if you, if you aren't, if you don't have your nose pressed up against the glass of college football, like for better or worse, the three of us largely have for most of the last decade, plus Andy, a little bit longer. It's hard. It's, it's easy to, 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 to reduce him to the clips and the funny like notes and the fact that he wrote an entire book about Geronimo while he was a sitting head coach, which is like, <laughs> and taught a class about it. I too. know it's, it's like, uh, there's just so many things, but like he, there's a really strong case that he is the most influential head coach of the generation. Uh, you look at, not only the coaching tree, but the influence on the sport itself. You know, you look at like, you know, Hayden Fry, and 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 uh, you know, he was sort of like the gold standard for coaching. Yeah, he's but he's, he's got probably the best tree yeah. of all time. Yeah, but he didn't. I don't think he influenced the game and the way that it's played in the same mm-hmm. way that Mike Leach did, and all right. of the things and all the things that people stole from him, um, and all the things um, that 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 he that were so unacceptable. Yeah, when he came and, and all you need to know is is Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, went to Mike Leach to figure out how to use Wes Welker. He, he went to Mike Leach said, "I have this guy. You used him this well, so well. How do you do this? How do you say this? How do you communicate this?" And that's how that got into the NFL. And and you know now so all that stuff is considered mainstream in the NFL. Hmm. A lot of, um, you know, obviously the option routes and the simplicity. I, I think it goes back again. And it just goes back to him doing things so differently because for a long time, you know, you talk about, oh, welcome to college football, kid. Here's your 900 page playbook. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's the your, route tree. Yeah. And like study up and maybe, uh, you know, the second half of your junior year, you'll finally understand this offense. And then you have Mike Leach who runs like, six plays out of about 10 formations and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to rep it in practice 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get unbelievably good at this. And your receivers are going to learn how to read coverages and the quarterback's going to learn how to read coverages. And if you guys stay together for two or three years, like we saw with Will Rogers this year, you're going to get really good at it and you're going to get really, really hard to stop. And just again, I, I can't help but take away like a lot of life lessons in that you don't have to do things the way that they've always been done. I right. think in society, we, 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 the worst reason why we do so many things is, well, that's the way they've always been done. And I don't think that Mike Leach embodied the antithesis of that 
better than anybody in football and then certainly in life. And I think that that to me, Andy, will be his lasting legacy and how I will remember him. That's what, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. He he laughed at people who said, this is how we've always done it. And that's why we should do it that way, mm-hmm. because he never understood why he never understood why you bother with that. He didn't understand why you stayed until, you know, until 11 o'clock at night and then got up at three in the morning and came back. He preferred to stay till three in the morning, <laughs> come in and, and come, back at, and come <laughs> back at 11. So, <laughs> like it's just he he was he was different. He wanted to do things a more he felt like it was a more efficient way of doing things. I, I sat on one of his quarterback meetings in at Washington State, and they, you know, there they there were meetings where they never talked about football, and, and this meeting definitely had a lot of non-football chatter going on in it. But they do talk about some things football related, and, and I was fascinated by basically he was he was dealing. I think Luke Falk was the starting quarterback at the time. That sounds right. Or it may have been Connor Halliday, but he was he was explaining, you know, basically to the to the QBs, the younger ones, like watch what he does. He knows what this receiver is going to do. And then with with the older guys, it was just more. It was almost unspoken. Like you see what you did here, right? And then and the older quarterback would be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was basically you could have hit this guy because look where he's sitting wide open with green grass around him and he's going to gain extra yards, but you threw to this guy who got tackled immediately. And it, it's, it's not as if you've never been in a more conventional offensive football meeting, it doesn't make it, it that might not mean much, but in a more conventional football meeting is your, this is your read here. This is your read here. This is your read here. You're going to do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, I'm going to scream at you about it. Mm-hmm. So, that that's that's not what he did. If if you did something different, but it got you a better result because you understood what the receiver was going to do based on what the defense did, that's what he wanted. And I I think that you know, you talk about that. I I think that's why when we saw the best marriages of quarterback and head coach, to me obviously Graham Harrell. You know he had a lot of guys before Graham, but Graham sort of certainly took it to another level. But the Graham Harrell. And Mike Leach marriage was a, a, an unbelievable thing. And then I think again, later in his career, for me, Andy, the, the, the Gardner Minshew. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike Leach marriage is the one that, like, the Pirates still got it. I think for a long I think that, you know, when he obviously he was fired at Texas Tech and at Washington State, you know, it took him a little while to get to it. And, and, and they finally had some success there. But Gardner, I think you, you can see the quarterbacks sort of get it. Um, on the yeah. field, in attitude, and that, hey, I, I always say this when I'm writing about the sport, when I'm talking about the sport, Andy, it's supposed to be fun. They're yes. playing a game. Yes. And I think that when you see, like, obviously Mike Leach understood that. And when, yeah. you, when he had quarterbacks and players who understood that, that's when you really had something special. It's supposed to be fun. Well, and, I, well, I and I also don't know how many players that- and coaches had, many, had more fun doing this than, than Mike Leach did. The reason why he was able to have a tremendous amount of success at places that seem to be black holes in college football is that very reason. Yeah. You know, certain player buy-in, and then once it's bought in, I mean, we all remember the the, the, the mustache campaign, oh right? God, you know, yes. like, <laughs> and Carter Minshew uh, slapped one on Mike Leach's face. Um, I mean, like, he had Washington State in the playoff rankings. Yeah. Do you know like, how hard that is? Like, and I don't think people appreciate, you know, exactly 
what he's been able to accomplish at places that really haven't done much before or after. Um, and I think that's kind of the reason why. And also too, Dave, the other thing that when you were talking about the, the lasting impression and lesson you'll take from Leach is that, uh, you know, he's able to do things differently. Right. I also think he reminded us too, that in a instant gratification society, that it's not always going to, you know, have the results that you want immediately. You know, like there's a uh, baking time with this, and oh, yeah. unless you, know, you face Bo Pelini in your first, yeah, unless Bo Pelini plays, you play, yes, 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 we'll yes. get out of it. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to pencil Mississippi State into the national championship. <laughs> yeah, KJ Costello for Heisman, baby. Uh, All right, let's 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 hear Mike Leach some words of wisdom. I'm gonna start out with with Mike Leach on cargo shorts. This is one of my favorite things he ever said. Yeah, <laughs> for the pockets. Yeah, yeah, you always have pockets. You can, I don't understand those nylon shorts. You know, you jog around and your stuff flaps all over the place. I, uh, you know, I've never liked those. How many pairs of cargo shorts do you have? Uh, difficult to say because now it's gotten to where they, you know, they'll give them to me, or Nike will say, "Here, check these ones out," type of thing. <laughs> Nike's <laughs> designing cargo shorts around Mike Leach. That's well, when he was at Washington State, he was obviously in Adidas school at, at Mississippi State, but. But yeah, what was he pockets. carrying in his pockets? Anything, Ari. He's a pragmatist. You never <laughs> yeah, whatever. Know. And he, he also, you every time you saw him, he was carrying a, a cup of black coffee. And I remember asking him, like, "What's your favorite coffee?" Thinking he's going to be like a coffee snob, and oh, I, you know, French press or you know, this <laughs> this roast from Sumatra. No, he's like, I hate coffee. I was like, then why do you drink it? I think it wakes me up. That's it. <laughs> I think too, like. <sighs> You know, one of my one of my favorite things uh, about his his Washington State tenure is whenever you'd call him or whenever he was doing interviews, he's just walking walking to work. <laughs> like, listen, Andy, uh, we need to have a guess of the hundred and thirty FBS coaches or one hundred thirty one. Mm -hmm. With my apologies to uh, to James Madison. You're welcome, Duke. How many? Yes. How how many coaches? Uh, have walked to work in the last five years. It, it oh, might wow. when we talk about one of one. That's the kind yeah. of stuff that we're talking about. Not only are like, you walking to work, but walking to work and getting to know the people on your walk, talking to reporters on the phone. This is this is Mike Leach. Uh, yeah, I, I, Dave Clawson might have walked to work when he was Fordham's coach. Okay, but I don't count but, that. But that's that's probably about it. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know. to work, and I live and I work in my house. <laughs> you got a Ari, jazzy scooter yeah if you guys didn't know Ari has a rascal in his house that he actually drives around <laughs> exactly. all right so uh, we've we've got some more leech sound here and we we've talked about his impact on the game but let's let's be real here he gave us hours and hours of entertainment the original takesman he's got Ari beat no question oh yeah no oh, yeah no question he had he has opinions on everything but we talked about this earlier in the show. He always wanted to do the weather on the local news. So when he was the head coach at Texas Tech, he figures, I got some juice right now. I'm going to ask to do the weather. So this is Mike Leach <laughs> doing the weather in Lubbock. All right, everybody. It's been coming for a long time. Coach Leach has been wanting to do the weather since I blew the forecast with Tech TCU game last year. And the studio tonight with me is Coach Mike Leach, who I guess you think you know a thing or two about weather. Coach, good evening. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing really good, and it's an honor to be here and uh, to do the weather with official equipment because uh, <laughs> generally I get up out of bed and uh, before I get dressed, and I walk outside and I go like this, and and 
and uh, calculate a few degrees warmer since it's early in the day, and uh, mm -hmm. that's the weather report uh, that I have. And it's been really accurate up to this point, but uh, we'll see how it goes here. All right, Coach, let's get you started to live pinpoint Doppler 1. Take it away, and let's get our forecast from you here on this Thursday. All right, pinpoint Doppler 1 basically means that we're going to be exact in this uh, weather forecast here, and we're going to nail it down perfectly. So over here, we have Mule Shoe. Uh, so those folks in Mule Shoe, you can pretty well go to the bank with what you hear here. Uh, on Friday, we're looking at cooler than normal temperatures, and it's going to be windy, but windy's not all bad because other teams that try to throw the ball don't practice in the wind that we do. So therefore, we can pass. They won't be able to. So we like that. Uh, 25 mile an hour winds are ideal, but uh, maybe higher than that. But we'll still fight through it. Saturday, 71 degrees, uh, partly cloudy. And then for those of you that don't have calendars at home, Sunday will be the first day of May. And uh, so you might circle that. Uh, it says fireworks, uh, fireworks late, so later in the day. Uh, could be some thunderstorms, but, you know, this is, after all, West Texas, so I wouldn't count on it. Now, on Monday, it says bad stuff, serious storms. Well, you're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously. I would go opposite of that. I mean, that's just too strong, too much. It says bad weather, and the, and the, and the, the, the thing on the screen there is just a little too sure of it for my taste. Uh, I, me, personally, expect sun. Go out there, expect sun, have a good time, and uh, if you run into the bad stuff, don't let that hamper your day. Don't be a coward, stay out in it, still enjoy the day. Then the temperatures go back up the remainder of the week, and uh, we've got some clouds uh, lurking around there. Who knows what they're going to do, um, but uh, it'll be extreme one way or the other. It'll probably be hot, or else it'll probably be windy, or who knows, hail. And I actually kind of look forward to hail. My favorite weather pattern happens to be uh, when it rains mud. Dust comes through, rain on top of it, it rains mud. Now I know that people that have been here for a while don't like that particular phenomenon as well as I do, but think about it. How many times in your life are you actually going to see it rain mud? I love it. I go out there, I look at it, I watch it. Worst thing about it, you have to wash your car. Who cares? It's worth seeing, trust me. Okay, rest of the week, pretty normal stuff in the 80s, which is great weather. And uh, overall, we have great weather here in Lubbock, Texas. And if you don't believe me, look at the other 80% of the country, and uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. This weather report here, what do I know? I'm a football coach. <laughs> I suggest you go out and do what I do. Get out of bed. Go outside. Then you know. That's that my philosophy. A, that entire thing made me think, that last part made me think of Ari's arguments with Ralph Russo about <laughs> checking the weather over and over Do and what over I do. Again. Get out of bed, walk outside, and then you'll know. Ari, <laughs> I have you seen the video of it. The video of it is get out of bed, walk outside, and then he has his, like, puts both hands up and just yeah. kind of, like, looks wide-eyed around. Like, and I like know. how that entire weather report was given the uh, guy flack for missing the weather report. A recruiting oh, pitch about the weather in Lubbock. <laughs> uh, uh. I, I, have, I, have, I have a few things. One, first of all, shout out to Mule Shoe, the home of Lincoln Riley, who's now LA's you, finest. That had to be a shout out to Lincoln Riley, who was yeah, on the staff was, at the time, 100 right? 100% was. Two, uh, I, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced a haboob in uh, Lubbock. It's That's a, right. It's, it's it is, a haboob, I've, yeah. I've flown into Lubbock in the middle of a haboob, and it is 
that scared me. But it's it's something. I mean, it's it's a if Texas Tech ever wants to take away Sandstorm from South Carolina, they should legally be allowed to do so because they have literal sandstorms in Lubbock. But I think you know uh, if I recall at the time, you know, he mentioned. So many coaches, if they didn't have an indoor facility, would complain at ends about it, would never shut up about it. We hear, we see coaches do this all the time. Well, what does Mike Leach do? Well, we have to practice outside in the wind all the time. So when it's windy, we can throw the ball and they can't. We like that. That seemed to be like Mike Leach. It, it, it always seemed like whenever he was dealt with a, a you know, a, a situation he saw it as an advantage in a lot of ways and i think you saw that in how, in the places that he coached a lot of people didn't want to coach the places that mike leach coached and he went there and he found the advantages and and used them um as best he could and again andy i think the theme of the show is is finding life lessons from the from the words of mike leach and they were oh, well, they were everywhere <laughs> he always had life lessons and this is one of his more popular ones this is this is when he was at washington state and a reporter was about to get married, I believe nine days out from, from the wedding, and asked Mike Leach's advice to prepare for the wedding. And, of course, it was tremendous. <laughs> well, it's, so it's too late to rescue you. Uh, the, uh, the best wisdom that I can possibly give, uh, the best w- wisdom I can possibly give on that subject, nine days, and it's a little late. You should have come to me sooner. Um, the, uh, my wisdom would be, uh, you, you have to stay out of the way now. And I wish you a very happy marriage and I'm sure you'll have one, but uh, I'm just telling you, uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and that you, they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th- that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. And then, um, well, uh, uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. So what you need to do is you need to work late hours, work late, be, be very nice and supportive, and um, uh, but, but they're going to play keep away from you, and, and there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late, uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, you have to go uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. But um, uh, nevertheless, you need to find, uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. And, uh, but uh, take comfort in knowing that uh, once the ceremony's over, um, that uh, you know, life will get progressively better from there even though there's some adjustment. And I will say, this is, this is the part where I, today I, I thought a lot about Mike's wife, Sharon, who is a saint and she was just, I mean, they, they were a great pair and so i i that it, it kind of like got me a little choked up thinking about you know th them he's he's right about all that stuff in the wedding and and but i showed that clip to uh my wife right after we got engaged and i said <laughs> i'm prepared for this she he's actually a, it's true it's true mike leach is nothing if not a pragmatist well in tune yeah. with the with the uh human condition because We've well, all he's, been there. <laughs> he's right about at the end. You'll wish you eloped. Like he, he's right about that because mm -hmm. it, it, it's not just the 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 groom who wishes they'd elope. The bride does too because I'll, I we did a big like church wedding, big reception, and then we go to our honeymoon in Jamaica, and we're not in a room five minutes. We had a nice view. You could see out to the big long dock that goes into the bay, and we watched this couple walk down the the dock. And there's an officiant in the standing there and a best man and a maid of honor. And that was it. <laughs> and they got married and we looked at each other like, Oh, we messed up. <laughs> we messed no. up bad. I uh, think what, well, the, the prequel to his wedding advice that happened, that was probably what to at least almost a decade earlier. Right. Was oh, the dating, dating advice. Dating I advice almost, I almost included that one too. Which but is, he, it's truly great. Great dating advice. Because here's the thing for all of the, for all of the like, humor and the clips and all those things if you actually listen to what he's saying most of the time yeah. it's very cogent very good advice well i can i can <laughs> I, i've listened to that one so many times so here's a dating advice basically you you take her to a steakhouse because they don't have many vegetables at a steakhouse and she'll be forced to actually eat in front of you and and that will force her to reveal more of her true personality it's sort of like the old you know until you, you don't really know somebody until they can fart in front of you that mm -hmm. that sort of thing so he says that and then no they he has you go, you go to a movie or you go to a drive-in like they had in Cody, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last one is the is my favorite one. You go to a coffee shop, particularly a funky coffee shop, because <laughs> even if the conversation is lagging between the two of you, somebody interesting will walk in and give you something to talk about, which is genius. I wish I'd have known that when I was single. Yeah, you know what's <laughs> funny is that like there's something in the uh, marriage tip one or the wedding tip one that's that's true that i really never i was single my entire 20s so like my my current life was a, a new uh, experience for me but there is there are certain things and it, it happened a lot during the wedding planning but it happens around the house here too where um something has to be done or a decision needs to be made and that decision is going to be made by my wife and she wants me to have input or to make decisions on these things that I right. know are probably not going to be what she wants. And she'll 
do that game where she goes, well, I want you to be a part of it. And then you pick something and then it doesn't, it's not what you pick anyway, which is exactly what, <laughs> what Mike Leach was talking about when well, he was talking about but, the wedding stuff, the blue invitations or the green yeah, invitations. Yeah. yeah how about but the here, blue here's, here's, here's what Mike Leach means by the, when it gets, when he says it gets progressively better because that's exactly what happened during my wedding planning as well. 21 years ago, almost 22 years ago. Now, my wife will start asking me the question, well, what do you think of this or this? And I go, do you really care what I think? And she goes, <laughs> no. And I'm like, then, then we're done here. And, and she's like, you're right. I'm just going to do what I want. I was like, all right. Yeah, we, yeah. I'm looking we've reached forward an understanding. I wish I, I, wish I most... had, I wish I had uh, Mike Leach's dating advice. But Ari, Ari, should I out myself as, as, as maybe the worst first date that I have ever subjected to? I was to? thinking about it in my head, but I didn't know <laughs> – I didn't know. So, so our listeners, uh, the whole time they, I was thinking about it, Dave. Our, <laughs> okay. Our, our colleague, our colleague Nicole Auerbach, tweeted about this a while ago. I think it stemmed from a conversation we we're having in, in a group chat. That at one point in my twenties, when I was misguided and had forgotten the wisdom of Mike Leach, I suggested to a woman who this will shock you. We did not go on a second date. Uh, hey. We live in Dallas. Let's go somewhere cool downtown. You know, I've never been to the Holocaust Museum. Why don't we check that out on the first what? day? <laughs> it never occurred to me. Mike, it never Mike occurred to me. shot that down in a heartbeat. He, well, if you just run that by my Here's the thing about the, sure. the plan here. We, we got about 10 minutes in when I realized it was it was literally my life was the Job gif of uh, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about it is, is that like your idea or your thought process was yeah, we don't need to go get a drink or, or dinner. Let's do something new and, yeah. or something different that we can experience together, you oh know, and goodness. I understand that, but the <laughs> vibe. And I used to, I was like making jokes with Dave. I was like, where was your second date? The the Pearl Harbor <laughs> Memorial? Like, it's like, right. It's just like, oh my Lord, it didn't, it didn't go well for him. Uh, and wow. Mike Leach, uh, would have steered you. Mike Leach right would have shot that down in a heart. Yeah, you would have been I, in a night. I wish nice you could hear Mike Leach's drinking a macchiato and and looking at somebody oh. with a bone through his nose and and laughing. <laughs> that, that is what Mike Leach would have had you doing. Probably. All right. This is this is good because I, I was hoping this is what would happen that we would end up laughing because Mike Leach always made you laugh and if I was very lucky to to get to spend quite a bit of time with him through the years. And and like Bruce Feldman wrote a book with him, spent a lot more than I did. And he's just an interesting person. One of the, one of those people you are glad you got to meet. And your life is enriched having yeah. spent that night in Key West. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we shut down a bar in Pullman one time. It was, he he's a, he's a fun guy and just, you know, always has thoughts on everything and likes to talk about everything. I, I, I'm enjoying Cause Ari, you know me. I like to talk about everything too. I don't necessarily have super strong opinions on everything, but I am fascinated by a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so like getting to talk to Mike Leach about whatever and just seeing where the conversation goes is is a lot of fun to me. Like <laughs> the Key West night, we, we ended up talking for a while about what happened to the ice pick at the end of the of basic instinct. Mm -hmm. Like it it just it, and I hadn't seen that movie in in probably 15 years at that time. And I'm just like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, oh, it? oh, okay. But he's got just instant recall of all this stuff. But <laughs> before we go, let's laugh one more time. Our, our friend Alyssa Lang from the SEC Network 
This is after Mississippi State beat Vandy. I believe it was last season. Mm-hmm. She asked Mike Leach about candy because Mike Leach, like all the greatest human beings on earth, hated candy corn. And so she said, well, what candy do you like? We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy? corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, Gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, The the Haribo. It's got to be the Haribo ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is... uh, is when they used to have the the uh, sprees in a box, outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation. Although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall, because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but uh, um, the. Uh, you know, they have those Nerds Clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The Nerds Clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably Almond Joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. He was an early Nerds Cluster adopter. He's not wrong about <laughs> that. Those things are amazing, by the way. Golly. You know, Andy, I... Uh... We wanted to have fun on the show. We didn't want it to be sad. But Andy, I'm I'm sad. Like, I am too. I, I am too. College I'm... football has a hole that will just never be replaced, and we're gonna miss yeah. him in the sport. Andy, as entertaining as Mike Leach was as an active coach, can you imagine? Like oh. you think about like Spurrier, and you think about all these old coaches. Been you amazing. Know, Barry Switzer. These guys oh. that always answer the phone. Mike Leach in retirement. I'm 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 sad that we're never gonna get to see that. I know. I I, like... I was I was looking forward to seven hour phone calls with a retired <laughs> Mike Leach because that's what I mean. An active coach, Mike Leach. Like if you got him on the phone, you were you were in it for two hours, yeah. <laughs> so you had to be prepared for that. And yeah. I just it, you're right because you know I I live in a town where Steve Spurrier lives, so see see him every once in a while and and get to hear him talk and you know, the stories get better as, as they go. <laughs> and it is sad. I, and, and I'm just thinking about Sharon and, and all of Mike's kids. And you know, the 61 is too young. It's too young. It sucks. And I'm very glad we got to, to pay some tribute and it, it's, you know, pales in comparison to, to what he meant to everybody, but we just, and I want, I want know. to say this too. Um, Andy, you wrote a tremendous story yeah. um, about him. Uh, Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to the show, I would encourage you to go read it because you know you learned something new about him, and it was a it was a wonderful tribute to the man. Well, I yeah. appreciate it. And if you want to read something else really good, uh, Chris Brown, who is an attorney who just loves to study football strategies, written a book about it. Smart um, football. Yeah, his his Twitter handle is at Smart Football. He has a thread on Twitter right now. Go read it. You will you will fully understand Mike Leach's impact on the sport after you read that. And, and I think, because it, like I said, if you think we're exaggerating, we're not. He changed the way every coach who coaches offense thinks about offense at every level of football. I think that, you know, he's, he's gone, but I think certainly his legacy in so many ways. We've, had, we've talked about the laughs. We've talked about the wisdom. We've talked about the impact on the sport. Man, what a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's 
like if, if, if you're gonna live a life this is how you live a life you you change your profession entirely you do all of the things that you wanted you. to do that interest you that again andy people said you probably shouldn't do why can't he focus on football why can't he run the ball why yep. can't he why can't he work normal hours yeah do it your way and i i hope i i don't know because nobody knows but i hope he passed with no regrets because that seems like a life that if it was me i'd go up into heaven and be like yep i did everything i could down there mm -hmm. i did it right because mike leach did it right down here thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll talk to you again soon Thank you.